This is Jimmy Burns from Melbourne, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shit face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. Yeah, just like that, we are into the second hour. This... This is the Barbecue Central Show. Maybe you've just stumbled upon it. Happy to have you. Settle in, relax, enjoy what's going on in front of you, which is this here Barbecue Central Show. It's a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, covering only the hottest topics. If you missed the first hour, shame on you. You missed Meathead. Talk about... If you're looking, you're not cooking, what's true and what's false. And it's mostly false from what you've been hearing, especially if you're my age. So get over your fears of opening up the hatch on that cooker. It's not adding another hour to cook time. Don't fall for that nonsense. But you can get that first hour tomorrow morning after Meathead. We also had a visit with robert moss and we talked about the new list that's going to be coming out for southern living magazine and his trip through arkansas a barbecue tour of arkansas by the way this show originating from palm city usa cleveland we say good evening to our video streaming partners facebook and twitch slash bbq central show you can also find a video feed on YouTube slash R.D. Rempe. And, of course, we also say good evening to the folks listening on our audio streaming partner, Clubhouse, as well. Hope everybody's doing great. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 246 will be in your face taking you back to September 6, 2016. Now, you might be asking yourself, Greg, wasn't last Friday's best moments from September 6, 2016? And I would have to say, my friend, you are 100% right. It was. Last week, the Best Moments show featured Ray Lampy, and I asked him about if you could... Just get a tough brisket at purchase, and no matter how good of a cook you were, you were just going to end up with a tough brisket. Well, in the same show, and it was referenced actually at the front of the Ray segment, Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue was also a guest on the show, and I asked him the very same question. Now, I will tell you, outside of the answer on brisket, the story he tells about killing cows, both as a professional and as a youth, 
And then the stories about cows smelling blood and death in the air will blow your mind. Did I not just say something was going to blow your mind as we were closing out the first hour? Oh, yes, the whole second hour was going to blow your mind. So not only is the second hour currently blowing your mind, but on Friday, Dave's stories of killing cows and cows smelling blood and death in the air will then blow your mind once more. I remember having that discussion with Dave six years ago and hearing it again as I was posting it into the queue. Maybe one of the all-time segments ever on the show because I think there is a disconnect for a lot of people still. The meat that you are eating is coming from animals that were killed. I know you understand that from a very high level, but seeing it and doing it are much different than knowing in your head what's actually happening and then showing up to the grocery store or the butcher shop or wherever you get your meat and seeing it neatly packaged in cellophane and on some kind of styrofoam tray. You're missing everything that's happening in the middle, like where the cattle get brought in and then killed. And when people see that for the first time or do that, well, I think that certainly helps bridge the disconnect. Might even encourage some folks to not eat as much meat Uh after they see what really happens. So, this isn't where I encourage you to find all the PETA videos and see what's going on. I don't even know if you could get in touch with a killing facility or what do they call it? A slaughterhouse? <laughs> meat packing plant? Whatever the politically correct term is. And say, hey, I'm just interested in seeing what happens. Or maybe you can visit somewhere and they can take you around and see where they trot those animals in and then dispatch them. That's a politically term, uh, politically correct term. And take you through the whole process. Maybe every, maybe everybody should do that and see it. I mean, we all think it's delicious. We all love it, right? Of course. I mean, look at us. But seeing it might be different. Anyway, don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment that might have gotten lost in the archives, email John, J-O-N, at thebbqcentralshow.com. Let them know what you'd like to hear. Upcoming shows for the rest of the month. Daniel Vaughn is coming in. First-time guest. Leonard Batello from Truth Barbecue is coming in. Stephen Reichland will be here. Derek Riches, of course, the Embedded Correspondents and more. So stay tuned for the balance of September. Now, let me cut this promo right here like the wrestlers say. This coming Saturday, September 17th, join me at Hartville Hardware for the 2022 Grill Fest. It takes place all day long. Who should consider going? Great question. Anyone who has ever wanted to meet me in person, you should be going. Anyone that has ever wanted to meet Mike Lang from Another Pint Please in person, that's another great reason to go. Anyone who has ever wanted to meet the guy from Grilling with Dad whose first name I can't pronounce... Another great reason to go because he's going to be there. If you've ever wanted to meet 
the one, the only, the demo queen of live fire cooking, Diva Q, Danielle Bennett. This is the weekend for you. Mike and the guy from Grilling with Dad are both going to be doing singular live cooking demos. The Grilling with Dad guy is going to be cooking on the Big Green Egg. Mike is going to be representing Weber. Danielle is actually doing two demos for the Traeger folks because she is that professional and she is that good. She pulls off two. Also, I can't confirm this yet. And days are rapidly flying by as we get closer and closer to Saturday. Tomorrow's Wednesday because today's day is trashed. However, I can't confirm it yet. But if you have always wanted to meet executive producer of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less and Michigan Embedded Correspondent John Solberg, this would be the best reason. To come on Saturday, forget me, forget the grilling with dad guy, forget another pint, please, forget Diva Q, John Solberg said on the last embedded correspondence segment that he would be in Hartville Hardware at some point on Saturday the 17th, and he has not told me anything to the contrary yet, although he did leave himself quite a nice out as we were talking a handful of weeks ago as well, but at the moment, he's it. Also, why else should you go? If you're looking for a great deal on a cooker, Hartville Hardware has an incredible selection of cookers to choose from, and if you're specifically in the market for a Traeger or a large Big Green Egg or Weber gas grill, you can get one with a used price tag on it after the cooking competition takes place. Reduced price. Just figured a way to get it back to your home. You save money. What do I mean by that? There's a cooking competition taking place between Weber Gas Grills, Big Green Eggs, and Traegers. The bunch of those now have been used once. They start off brand new, used once for this cooking competition. They are sold throughout the course of the day at a reduced price. So you can save big money on a cooker you might otherwise pay big money for. Outside of all that, the store is great. The live fire retail portion is second to none here in Ohio, probably in the tri-state area. And there is plenty to see and taste during the course of the day. I plan on being there around 8.30 a.m., maybe a little bit earlier. And I'll be there until the end. So find me if you want to talk, take pictures, sign autographs. I mean, nobody's going to ask me for an autograph. I'm happy to do it. The autograph fee, it's only 50 bucks. Bring cash. No checks. No Venmo. None of that bullshit. Cash. I'm going to get paid. This coming Saturday, the 17th, all day long in Hartville, Ohio, at Hartville Hardware, the 2022 Grill Fest. I'm your MC. It's going to be great. Tim McKeska is ready to go in the green room before we get to him. I will... Mentioned my pal Sterling Ball and the gang over at Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. 
Big Papa's known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, and Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyards. 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everybody, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor reminds us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And they're selling great cookers. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cook. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers or you don't know which one you should get, call them. 877-828-0727. Consult with one of their experts. Tell them what you like, what you don't like. They'll put you in a grill that best fits your needs and your budget. 877-828-0727. Shop the website. BigPopSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We are back with Tim McCaskill right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. My first guest in the second hour is one of the most iconic names and brands in Texas barbecue, especially when it comes to sausage. But on top of that, he happens to be one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to what is currently happening with meat and the business market. He provides great information during the pandemic. And tonight, we try and answer the question that has been running around this show for the last handful of weeks. Weeks? What's with the price of brisket already? Did I mention he's a Barbecue Central Show guest hall of famer? He's got the ring of proof. Let's race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Tim McKeska. Hey, Tim. Hey, Greg. Appreciate you making time as always. Last time uh, you were on, we talked about brisket prices. In fact, at that time, and I don't know if you remember this or not, the iconic barbecue restaurant Arthur Bryant's was pleading with their customers to buy anything but brisket. Now, anything. Anything. Anything else on the menu except brisket. Now, where that conversation seem to have tailed over the last few months it has shown a resurgence in the past handful of weeks on this show as we see the price of brisket per pound finished $35 or let's say from my findings uh, anywhere between 27 to 34 $35 a pound and this is various parts of the country especially Texas so in your best estimation is this a supply dictating where the price is being set or is this a time where restaurateurs are trying to see how far they can push it up until the consumer finally says no more? That's a good question. Uh, you know, it's easy to raise prices. It's difficult to, to lower them after, you, you know, especially when you got so much supply and demand. There's a lot of demand. People are still buying, regardless if it's $34 a pound. People, consumers are buying it. Uh, they love their, their barbecue, and barbecue is a big business now. Uh, but it's interesting, and you'll bring these panels up later. I, I assume that's on the pricing panels. Brisket, actually, USDA Choice Brisket has has pretty has kind of leveled off. You know, we have uh, uh, we have different seasons, different you know um, things throughout the year, beginning with uh, 
in in St. Patrick's Day, big brisket for you know up in the Northeast for uh, for corned beef, and then we have Memorial Day, then we have Fourth of July, then we have Labor Day, and after Labor Day, things kind of t- taper off, and so briskets have ta- tapered off, pork has tapered off, pork ribs and stuff, but the problem isn't just the fact that pricing is down to about three twenty on on USDA choice brisket, it's the inflation the consumer price index on inflation. So it's not just the meat that maybe have tapered off. It's the fact that the pit master is having to pay so much more for his power, uh, for his water, for his rent, for his employees, his staff who deserve to be paid well. I mean, nobody doesn't, you know, everybody wants to be, need to be paid well. So everything that is involved with a restaurant business is more expensive. So, uh, they may be getting a break on the brisket being down just a little bit, but everything else. Did, did you see the stock market today, Greg? Uh, not today, but I saw it yesterday. It had been up for two or three days in a row. Well, you, you, <laughs> twelve hundred points today. Oh no! Because of the consumer price, I can't yes. retire again. Tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> no, you can't retire if you're in a four hundred one k or if you have stock like I do, and I watch it. You know, as on my watch, I've got it. Oh my gosh, you know. But it's a consumer price index, and that's exactly what happened. And so all the all the things that it takes uh, the consumer to buy is up, and and so it, just like in the restaurant business, this consumer price index applies to that too. And so it's expensive to do business. And so you know, I, I would hope that some pitmasters are making a little bit more money on the brisket, but still, it's just very costly to be in business. This isn't a political thing. Um, and I didn't say I was going to ask you about this when we were sound checking last night, but was it like last year, uh, there, there was a big talk about the increase in minimum wage. It was going to be, you know, 15 bucks or whatever it was. And, you know, initially there was a lot of upheaval and talk on the internet, this and that, but if it gets instituted, could some of this be attributed to that where the business owner is now having to pay their worker substantially more than, you know, eight bucks or seven bucks or whatever it was before. And now they have to stick it somewhere. So it's going to be in the cost of food. Absolutely. And it's big and labor's big. If you can find labor, that's number one. And if it's good labor, that's number two, having great staff. And to get the great staff, you have to pay them more because you have to remember that same that same staff member is a consumer also. So wherever this person lives, uh, he has to, or she has to pay more for, for their rent, for all their goods and groceries and to, to live. And so it's, it trickles down into the, the restaurant business. And, and I've got a lot of family members in restaurant, a lot of family members. And they tell me all the time, you know, this is what we've got to do. If we can get them, you know, I've got a golf course over here uh, that I'm CEO of right across the street and we can't find help. I mean, we're willing to pay them and it's, it's, it's extremely difficult, Greg. And that's where we're at. Tim McKeska joining us here on the show. The website, by the way, if you're looking to bring in some quality sausage to your food truck or your barbecue restaurant or any restaurant for that matter. I'm sure Tim doesn't discriminate. McKeskaBrands.com is the website. You can check that out, get in touch with Tim, and he'll set you up. He might even drive your order of sausage right to you because he loves to drive and he loves to fly. So we'll see what happens there. Let's get back to the brisket talk here just for a second, Tim. I did a little research on my own over the last handful of weeks. A lot of these are Texas barbecue place. One of them is a Cleveland barbecue place. Frank uh, Franklin's thirty four bucks a pound. Terry Black's thirty four bucks a pound. Truth Barbecue. I'm going to have the owner of that store on next week. Actually, for the first time, he's also with thirty four bucks a pound. Mabel's 
Barbecue in Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Simon's place, 34 bucks a pound, although they sell by the half pound, as uh, my previous guest, Robert Moss, was saying, you're finding people getting a little cute with the menu by putting half pounds on and not having to reveal that big sticker shock number. And then it started to drop after that. Panther City was 28 bucks, and that's a, a, a well-reputed uh, barbecue place. Uh, Rudy's, which is a fairly substantial chain, uh, I think originally based in Texas, but that's kind of gone throughout the Southwest, 28 bucks a pound. And then uh, Kreutz at $27 a pound was the cheapest that I found. There's a place out here in Lakewood, Ohio, that's, uh, I think, 24 bucks a pound. But, I mean, of that list, I mean, I would be happy, maybe holding Rudy's aside, I would be happy to go to any of those. So you're looking at 27 to 34 bucks a pound. Seven bucks is a, a pretty big swing, but this evidently is, is where we're living. So where does it stop? Is it going to continue to rise? I think, I think, I don't believe we'll see brisket $40. Uh, maybe not in my lifetime. We may see it. I mean, it all depends on the cattle market too and, and where we're at on that. But uh, I, it's not stopping anybody from going and spending 17 And you're right. It's a little trick that marketing people, you know, barbecue people, all restaurant people have to be a little tricky in what they, how they post their menus, but it sounds a lot better 1695, a half pound than it would, you know, $34, you know, plus for, for, uh, for a whole pound. So yes, you're right. Uh, I don't think it's going to get that high, but here's what happened and, and why the, the market has down a little bit on the wholesale end. We had a big drought in Texas. We've had droughts all throughout the cattle states, too, in the, in the southwest. And beginning in around May and June, if you have a lot of cattle and you're, you're grass-fed cattle and you don't have any more grass, you don't have any more rain, the rancher, the farmer's got to make a choice. Is he going to feed them out with, with more grains? I mean, with bought, with bought feed, That's by the way, that's 20% higher right now. Or are they going to pack them up on the trailers and they're going to send them to the auction barn. There was a picture that one of my relatives sent me that had a, a line of 100 trailers plus going to a small auction house in uh, Northwest Ca- Texas because the farmers just said, okay, I give up. I can't, uh, you know, this year's gone. I'm going to sell all my herd off. And so the slaughter rates back in May and June started to go up. We had a, a lot of kills on, on the slaughters, but the demand stayed strong. But because now we're past Labor Day, the prices have come down. Is it going to go up? I don't know. I, I think we're going to be stay, we're going to stay probably at that maximum thirty four dollars a pound. But it's this consumer price index. It's the labor, and it's getting the product there. It's the shipping, Greg. Forty percent less people uh, are are in the uh, shipping business, especially on the refrigerated reefer side. So when you have forty percent less people moving meat between packing plants and distributors, uh, I you know I. It used to take three days for me to get product to Chicago. It takes seven to nine days now. Hmm. So I don't know where we're going, but I think we're at the maximum we're going to be right now unless some other tragedy happens. So two follow-up questions to that, and then we'll move on. Maybe we can get to some of these panels as well. When you see or feel $34 a pound at a barbecue restaurant, a lot of people I talk to go, man, I remember when it was <laughs> X amount or I remember that brisket is supposed to be the unsexy part. It's supposed to be the tough cut, and the mind was trained to think that it was also then supposed to be less expensive. You're not spending the same amount. Look, Tim, we both know I can take 35 bucks a pound and buy a pound of brisket, or I can go now buy a Wagyu steak. I mean, you used to not be able to make that Pretty correlation, close. and now yeah. we're on par. Is it a 
poor consumers' mindset to still think like that? You know, it's because of people like you. It's the internet. It's the YouTube videos. It's people like Aaron Franklin. It's people that have made barbecue so popular. Uh, our friend Daniel Vaughn with Texas Monthly. Uh, it's because of this big demand and need for what we call entertainment barbecue. I kind of call it, you know, entertainment barbecue. People travel to eat it. I mean, would you travel across, you know, would you come to Texas? You would probably come to Texas to eat some good brisket, wouldn't you? Uh, uh, conceptually, yes. Everybody knows okay, I travel well, nowhere, but conceptually, <laughs> I would love to come down well, and eat my way through Texas, no doubt. Well, there's a lot of people that do that, and so they're not afraid to pay that $34 a pound. But you got to remember, if you go in there and you get the barbecue and you get the potato salad and slaw, the beans, the drinks, and everything like that, and you get a beef rib, you know, you get one of those beef ribs, and it'll be $90, you know, for that. And I've been in line. I love to go eat barbecue, and I go to my my customers, and, and I go eat their places, and I see them. I see two people check out, and the bill is $149. Uh, back when I was in business as a restaurateur, $149, we could cater a, a party of 30 people for that. Right. So, man, it's changed a lot. Tim McKeska joining us here on the show, McKeskaBrands.com, his website. Uh, can I show the brisket panel? And you can sure, talk us through sure, this a little bit. All right, go ahead and have your way with that. There we are. There's the Decaloff 120. That's the 120 code on Decaloff Boneless Choice Brisket. And as you can see from the uh, the light blue for the current 2022 prices, we're right above, we're about 310 to 319. And if you see the the, the magenta uh, above it, that was last year, which was a disaster when it was, you know, four, 475, 480. Mm. And then they, uh, the purple line is kind of the average, three-year average. And so we're, we're not doing bad there. Uh, it's just all the other things, if you want to go to the next one. Um, what's our next one? Was it pork? All right, I got that one right. Or you don't want to talk about pork? Oh, yeah, yeah. So here's your, your your yeah here's your your this is my this is important to me. This is my uh, this is how we make our sausage, our pork sausage. And so uh, the picnic meat, the trim combos. We don't use trim, uh, but we do use the 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 picnic meat cushion combos. That's a two thousand pound uh, a big big load of, of of pork. And as you can see, it's up four percent. So uh, that's why sausage is a little bit higher. And then you I have, have the, the ribs. ribs. Yep. Yeah, there you go. And then you can see ribs are down. Now, this was big. This is because of Labor Day. Uh, if These prices were, were uh, higher, obviously, uh, at, at 4th of July and at Labor Day. But now we're in this, what we call the fall cruise. So uh, it's coming down. But again, like I said, that consumer price index, that's the crazy one. If you have that panel. There we go. Now, that, that's, that's why shocking. everything is more expensive right there. Uh, and that's why the market today dropped 1,200 points. Uh, pretty scary. It's right there because everything else is costing more. I go along, you know, I told you I used to ship a product for 8 to 10 cents a pound across the country. It's fifty, almost 50 cents a pound now. Yeah. So where does that come from? If I'm paying 50 cents a pound, the people shipping green beans, potatoes, everything is going like that. So there you go. Let me circle back to that uh, brisket. I had a second question to that. So is it potentially safe to say that brisket is going to land somewhere here in this $35 range and it's not going to come back? For instance, I'm talking to a truck customer of mine and the price for him has gone up You know, from 2020 to trucks that are now delivering here in uh, well, 2022, so 2021. Uh, they went up 
$16,000. The same spec truck from 2021 to 2022. Next year's trucks are going to go up an additional $30,000 per truck. So he's going from trucks that were $180,000 this year. Next year, they're going to be $240,000. And he said, do you see the the point in time where the price of trucks is going to go down? And my initial thought is, well, as soon as the demand for trucks goes down, I assume pricing has to fall accordingly, but that's not going to be for another year and a half or so because we just can't build enough trucks to satisfy the demand right now. Peterbilt's on an allotment. I can only sell 50 trucks personally next year, which is only 10 up from 40 this year. And it's like it is across the country. So for brisket, if the demand goes down or, or something happens, could we see prices come back to 25 or, or now that they're here, are they just going to live here regardless? Well, I think throughout the years, we've had briskets that have gone up. We've had briskets that have, you know, peaked and then they've gone down. And what drives it to go down is it's not necessarily the people just kind of saying, okay, uh, I'm not going to eat it. Okay. Uh, if it gets too high, they're going to say that if it comes to the, you know, providing for their family or going to get a brisket sandwich, they're going to try to go provide for their family. But I think if, if we can get the index down, if we can get goods moved more cheaply, and if we can get, you know, labor stabilized, I do think we're going to get briskets down to $25, $26 a pound cooked finished product. That's what I hope would happen. But will the pitmasters go that way? It will also have to deal with competition. All it takes is for two or three pitmasters in a town to drop their price. It's like fuel at a gas station. You go search for the best fuel. If somebody starts dropping their price, then you're going to start seeing prices drop. But somebody's got to instigate that. But we do have some relief coming in the future with some more meat options. Well, I was going to ask you that. we got a couple minutes left here, so I don't want to put you into a tight corner here. But a little over a year ago, there was an announcement by the government that they were going to unveil a plan to help build small meat processing plants. I don't know if that really ever took off or not. But then I'm also hearing that there might be a growing collection of Texas cattlemen that want to put a meat processing business together of some sort that would compete with these quote-unquote big four to, to help out with that price. Thank Thank goodness. So as we've said this many times before, it's a wonder I don't have these four companies that are sitting outside my house. Four, four companies that are foreign, uh, control 80% of the market. Four foreign country, four foreign countries control 80% of our beef market. And so the government does have a plan. And they understood that they made a mistake when they allowed these companies to all get together and, and form these, these major corporations and, and owned outside from the country. So Texas in the Panhandle has a, a, a group that's forming to build their own USDA slaughter and processing plant, also in, the, in Nebraska and also in the Dakotas. Mm. It's as a, a consumer-driven, farmer-driven, rancher-driven, and but the only problem is it's 2025. It's very expensive to build that kind of plant, yeah. and it's about a 2024, 2025. So finally, we've got people coming forward, going to put up the money and say, Nana, you know, here we go. We're going to compete against you, and we're local franchers. Tim, anything else? Live, local, and late breaking? Yes. 
Yes, late breaking. All right, remember we talked about turkeys. Was it two years ago? I told yeah. you how to buy a turkey. You went out and bought turkey. All right, so here's where we are on turkeys, real quick. Uh, there's a shortage of deli meats, processed turkeys, like you know the, you know, the breasts that you see in delis, and a lot of pitmasters, you know, barbecue breasts. They can't get them. They'll have one week. They don't. So we're going to be okay. Avian flu has kind of died off, but the uh, it, the turkeys are going to be smaller. If you want a 20-pound tom turkey for Thanksgiving, buy it as soon as you see it. It's going to be frozen, so you can keep it. But most of the turkeys this year are going to be 12-pounders. So if you want a big one, get it as soon as you see it. I prefer 12-pounders. If I want to feed more people, I'll get two 12-pounders. I find the cook is a little bit more consistent. That's just Easier. the way I usually mm -hmm. like to do it, but whatever. Hey, uh, Tim, always appreciate the insight here. Once again, if you're looking to add the best sausage in the land to your food truck, business, restaurant, whatever, McKeskaBrands.com is the website. Tim, always appreciate the time and look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. That's Tim McKeskill right there. I don't know if anybody knows that side of the business better than Tim. Professional, well-researched, sends me the panels. I mean, this guy has it all, and he knows everything, my go-to guy. We all know the most key piece of information that Tim fed the show years ago. Does anybody remember? He is the leak on Pitmaster Ramon. I can say it now that the non-disclosure has elapsed, but Tim shot me a message back in the day and was like, oh, by the way, Pitmaster Ramon, I know that guy. <laughs> that was great. Wes Wright is in the green room. He's ready to go. We'll talk to him here in just a second. Well, guess what? We're on week 11, and I'm feeling great. Now, what are we talking about? Do wellness with David Leans, davidleans.com slash BBQ, the health and wellness expert, coach, your health guru to get you on the path to better fitness and better health, but eating the way you want to eat at the same time. All this is possible. Now, this week was exceptionally tricky because a week ago, I went to the face surgeon and he ripped out a tooth. Uh -oh. So, you know what they tell you there. No exertion for at least five days. No smoking cigarettes, which for me is tough. Uh -oh. For at least 72 hours or whatever. No drinking out of straws. Don't get your heart rate up. We want that blood clot to form over that hole that's now in your head. And that way the healing starts because if that thing pops out, you get dry socket. Nobody wants dry socket. So I called up Dave and said, hey, here's my thing. He said, okay, you know what? You've been hard at it for 10 weeks, week off. Not that big of a deal. Keep on the eating what you can because the diet's a little bit restricted. You just can't eat like a maniac because food can also rip your blood clot out of your mouth. You don't want that. No dry sockets. So he's there to work with you, tell him what's going on. He'll craft diets and routines or what, or he'll just say, hey, health is more important than anything else. Recovery more important than anything else, which is what he told me. Once you're back at 100%, then we can get rocking and rolling again. But meanwhile, I'm trying to still get the steps in, eating the diet that I can, the best or the food. I hate to say diet. So sign up, do it. 200 bucks a month. I'm paying 200 bucks a month. You can do it too. And the results are there. 
Like, that's the bottom line. The results are there. Aside from all the great stuff David's providing, the results are there. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ to sign up right now. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ to sign up. It's not too late. Let's get going before the end of the year. We're back with Wes Wright from CookoutNews.com. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And we thank Tim McCaskill once more for joining us last segment. This portion of the show being brought to you by smithfield.com. Go there right now for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live fire cooks like Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's, Jess Pryles, Hardcore Carnivore, and Childs Cridlin with mouth-watering flavor, no artificial ingredients. Smithfield Fresh Pork is quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy. The trusted choice of top cooks for use at competitions and at home. That's smithfield.com. Coming out of the bullpen tonight, the creator of the Newsy barbecue and grilling website called cookoutnews.com. He has a nose for uncovering and reporting on many new things happening in the industry, and I'm happy to have him back on the show again to talk about What's changed since the last time and the first time he visited? So we race to the hotline and welcome back, Wes Wright, to the show. Hey, Wes. Hey, Greg. How's it going? Well, I don't want to point out to Meathead that uh, he's the only one that had microphone issues tonight. The other three guests were absolutely sparkling. <laughs> so I appreciate you being able to figure that out, Wes. So before any news topics, quick update on how the website itself is developing and if you are struggling to find things to post about. Yeah, it's it's chugging along. You know, I have pretty steady growth. Uh, and, you know, thanks to your listeners, too. I got a nice pop last time I was on. So, you know, I really appreciate that from your fans. But, yeah, it's, it's it's you know, I'm seeing growth and I'm happy with, with where it's at. Finding articles, you know, some days are great. Some days it's a little harder. Um, I kind of have a personal challenge to myself to have an, at least one article every business day. Um, and I do that by balancing actual, you know, news stuff that's, that's time relevant. And then I'll have kind of my back pocket, some longer form, more research driven articles, like, you know, what's in uh, Kingsford signature flavors or things like that. You know, I've, or, you know, impurities and pellets. I wrote mm-hmm. an article on that just to kind of balance it out. The website is cookoutnews.com. If you aren't familiar, go ahead and check that out. I visit many times during the course of the week because there's always some great stuff coming out. So if we look at this time last year and compare it to where we are today, what are the biggest things that stick out to you from a consumer side of things? For instance, are sales up or down? Yeah, they're, they're going to be down. You're, you know, It's hard to compete with just free money and being forced, you know, not as much last year, but past couple of years forced to being at home really helps grill sales. Uh, but if you go back to 2019, you know, things are looking decent. They look decent in September from, from, from some data I was seeing. Um, and then also one thing called out on a lot of the earnings calls from the, the public um, outdoor cooking companies is that the consumer is experience driven right now. And that's, you know, why they can't sell grills. But along with that, um, you know, Camp Chef said they had a 30% increase this year in, in camp stoves. So, 
you know, I, I think, you know, we'll see if they refocus kind of their product offerings around that to satisfy the consumer. So maybe it's not people just looking to buy grills specifically. They might be adding other outdoor cooking vessels uh, outside of the cookers. Yeah, exactly. Other other options that you can, you know, go and get away from your house for a little while. One of the items that I saw recently on the website was uh, I had a, I think it was the head of sales and marketing, uh, Ramsey, uh, last name that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, which is uh, a shame. Uh, Next Grills, uh, he was the, the VP of marketing for Next Grills. So they're filing for a trademark on something called the Spire. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, that that one they they filed it for a ton of grills, pretty much you know any any uh, fuel source imaginable. It covers, but also barbecue utensils, which I found interesting. Um, it you know could mean spire. They're just calling as like the pinnacle of grilling. I I don't think so. I think it's probably you know like a coil, electric coil, something like that. A reference to that is is my guess. So if it's an electric coil, then we could potentially continue to deduce that this would be an electric style grill. There have been, I don't know, two or three different full-sized electric grills to hit the market. So if Spire is also a full-size electric grill, do you think that this is going to be a trend then that is going to stick for at least the oncoming years? Yeah, I I think a lot of grill companies think that's the future. Yeah, you had the, you know, a chart world had the edge. They have a trademark for something called the current. Then you've got, uh, I think it's Lumen for Weber. They filed a trademark for a full-size electric grill. Napoleon has one coming out in the fall. So it's definitely something that companies are investing a lot of money in as the next big thing. You reviewed the Charbroil Edge on your website, and you seemed to like it more than you didn't. Um, what what stood out to you as being great? Yeah, I liked that it it was a legitimate grilling experience. Kind of, you know. And one thing I saw in Charbroil's patents that they have on electric grills is it's around perception that people think of like a George Foreman grill. You know, you're <laughs> grilling with a panini press, you know, like that's what people think. And that's kind of what I thought too, but I figured, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll give it a try, but you know, it, it gets to 700 degrees, which is pretty impressive. I cook some great tasting steaks on it. You still get a lot of flavor out of them because the drippings, you know, create smoke and it, it really, I, I was impressed with how it performed. I'm tr- still trying to wrap my head around the potential, I won't say onslaught, but the potential onslaught of full-size electric grills. Where are they going to be sold into? Is there a a thought that people are going to be moving into condos and high-rise apartments and places where there isn't open fire that's allowed? Because I just, uh, for all these years, how come there haven't been them otherwise? Yeah, I I think they had some technological limitations is my guess. Um, But yeah, if you live in an apartment, you know, and a charbroil edge is fantastic. I would have loved to have that in my twenties when I was living in apartments and I couldn't have a grill on my my balcony. But yeah, with increasing fire bans that you see out in the western states, you know, it makes sense. Or, um, you know, that's all like seems like low hanging fruit for these grills. Or you know, if you know you don't want to lug around a propane tank, or you know, maybe you have physical limitations. But I, I think that they'll get to a point that they can compete more with gas grills you know, as, as a method of cooking. One interesting thing too, with the, with the, the 
uh, current that Charbroil has a trademark for. It's also trail trademarked for um, outdoor kitchen cabinets. And so uh, just throwing it out there, if you had it hardwired in, you could run it off 220 versus, mm-hmm. you know, a conventional outlet and you'd get a lot more performance. So I don't know if that's the way they'll go with it, but, you know, it, it definitely would would add some some options. Were you able to find any type of time frame on that current as far as release or production? I, I didn't, but usually it seems like a trademark comes out, you know, around a year beforehand. So I would say next summer I would, would start to hear rumblings about it is my guess, but that's just, you know, based off of what I've seen. Next grill released the Nevo smart grill earlier this year. Maybe it was even a little bit before then this had this specific one that I'm talking about. It was like the, the Nevo 720 smart grill or whatever. It had an air fryer attached to the side of it. Any idea on how that's doing and selling by chance? Yeah, if I had to guess, I'd say not great. Um, so I, <laughs> I, I have a couple. <laughs> Why an air fryer next to your gas grill isn't cool? I mean, they thought it was great. Well, what's neat about you know, I guess what's different about that one is too. They had a they're having a big push into smart grills, which yeah. I I consider them kind of more entry level products that you have at like Home Depot. I, you know, there's probably next grill fans. I don't want to offend there, but that's just kind of my view of them. Um, and I think that might hurt them as well because, you know, the Nevo with air fryer is $800. So if you're just going to Home Depot to pick up a grill, you might, you know, th- that's a, a competitive category to go into. But like that article on my website for the Nevo ranks pretty well on Google. So I can see how many impressions it gets. And it's it's not a lot. So mm-hmm. either people are just buying them off the floor or they're not not buying them. But, you know, I I do appreciate that that next girl's trying to push the envelope the, you know, they're, they made a statement that with their app, they're going to put that on a lot of new products coming out. So they have like the Oakford pellet grill that also has that same technology of, you know, their app interface. I, I have one on order actually, so I'll see how that goes. But, uh, they say that's, you know, what they're investing in. So I appreciate the innovation. There still hasn't been a ruling for green mountain grill and Traeger yet, but let's assume, goes terribly wrong for Green Mountain Grill. Does uh, Next Grill open themselves up to be next in line here with whatever their app interface is, or have they worked around whatever possible infringements there could be? Yeah, I'm not sure how they get around it. I mean, I can think off the top of my head a few different grills that have an app interface. So, you know, and they're not all getting Traeger lawsuits. I don't know if maybe Traeger's waiting to win one and then go after the others, you know, that wouldn't surprise me if that's the case or maybe, you know, cause they're, they're trademark specific or they're patent specific to cloud yeah. interfaces. So it could know. just be something where you're connecting, you can get around it by connecting to your local area network or your own router and working it that way versus then having it kicked up somewhere where it's stored. Yeah. And I, I think there might be some, some specifics to that patent because even if you, it might have to do with control as well, because there's like, I have a thermal work signals, which is, you know, their, uh, temperature probes goes into a controller and I can view it off Wi-Fi. So somehow they made it around that too. You know, I don't have to be at my house. I don't believe I've gone for walks and, Mm. you know, monitored my grill. So there's other companies doing a very similar thing. And so that, 
Traeger hasn't come after him for, for one reason or another. One of the interesting companies that's really gained a lot of heat here over the last handful of years has been Blackstone, obviously well known for the griddle that almost seems to be the Kleenex version of, you know, everybody says they have a Blackstone, maybe they don't even have a Blackstone, but that's just the name that resonates uh, within this sector of the industry here. And they're looking to diversify into the backyard a bit, getting into outdoor heating. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, and yeah, Blackstone, they, by their internal data, had 80% of the market share on griddles, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, they, they have a patent that came out that's outdoor heating. My guess is they're talking about, you know, outdoor fireplaces, you know, a la solo stove or, or something like that. It, they they seem to love using propane though, so it might be a propane powered as opposed to wood. Mm. Um, they also just have some patents that they don't seem to use too. They they have a patent out there for a pellet grill, and it's funny because their CEO Roger Dahl a year ago did an interview, um, and he talked about he kind of like knocked having a pellet grill. He was like, no, you know, with a griddle you can do. I know he's trying to sell his company, but it's like with a griddle you can do everything, whereas with a pellet grill. You're limited that you can only kind of cook barbecue, which, you know, I don't necessarily agree with, but that that was his perspective. And I just thought it was funny that they have an, a patent out there for a pellet grill, mm. but he's saying like, no, pellet grills suck, you know. They were racing to go launch an IPO and then that one took a shit. What happened to that? Yeah, they they were going through, it's called a, not to bore everyone with finance, but it's a, a SPAC merger, a special purpose acquisition company. So it's like an investment vehicle that was real popular last year where you form a company when get people invest in it with nothing. There's no, no operations. Then you find a company to merge with to bypass the process of going public. Cause normally to go public, you have to have like three years of audited financials. It's this giant process. And as you can imagine, the government didn't really like the spec process cause you're bypassing them. Um, so those were just, you know, crashing and burning left and right. And there are very few left, but, uh, they had the Blackstone one late in the game. I think December 21st of last year, they announced it. Um, and then they kept pushing out the close date. Um, then, you know, and time kills deals. If it doesn't take that long to merge a company, um, you know, 60, 90 days is pretty standard, uh, especially merging with something that has nothing in it. So, once they started pushing out the dates, they got to a point where they pushed out in June to September. Mm. Then I'm guessing that Blackstone saw the results, which I'm I'm sure are, you know, they're still growing, you know, and a lot of people love Blackstones, but yeah. they probably didn't want to IPO while their results are aren't looking good because I'm sure it's like all the other companies out there. Could, so could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm hoping that it's it's an opportunity to, you know, that's a big distraction to try to IPO. So hopefully they can focus back on, you know, putting out new products like they have a pizza oven they've been teasing for months that we haven't seen that's supposed to come out this year as well. So hopefully they can focus on that again. You had mentioned Solo Stove a couple different times there in the past couple minutes. They're bringing a what appears to be tabletop s'mores cooker to market. And I'm wondering what your take on that item is. So I, th I feel I fear it could be fairly unsafe, just the way it sits and the way they're showing it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I went on order, and I'm going to use my uh, my infrared gun to kind of test temperatures on it because I'm curious. And yeah, if you get people that 
aren't used to just having open fires and they're just putting them on tables, like kind of willy nilly. It seems like it could be dangerous. Um, I I'm curious to see how it is They're They keep getting their back ordered quite a bit. Like mm. I got an email that mine's back ordered till October oh. and I look on their website and now they're pushed out to like November delivery for some of them. I don't know if they're having supply chain issues or they're just that much demand or somewhere in between, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it seems like it could be a novelty that will, will wear off. Wes Wright is the creator of cookoutnews.com. Make sure you visit that website uh, many times over the course of the week so you can keep up with all the business and breaking news in the industry. Anything you are uh, looking to scoop here before the week closes out? Um, Not this week, but keep an eye out for product launches. I don't, I'm, there's a few this fall. Um, Camp Chef says on October 1st, they're going to have a, a, a game changer that they oh, quote, you know. Yeah. So we'll see what that is, but just keep an eye out for those on my website. Wes, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. You got it. Wes, right? The website again, cookoutnews.com, if you haven't visited. Very well put together, very easy to read, great articles, great insight. So appreciate his newfound help and contributions to the show. Before we wrap up this show, I will talk to you about Vortic watches. Back in the day, watches were made to be worn in the pocket. But after World War II, the wristwatch came into vogue and the pocket watch quickly went out of vogue, finding their ways into sock drawers and scrap heaps. And that's a tragedy. Enter Vortic watch company helping bridge the gap between America's storied watch manufacturing past, bringing it to present day where wristwatches, of course, are finding incredible popularity once again. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortic makes is unique and one of a kind. So the one that you get, nobody else is going to have one just like it. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled. It was built. Check out their watches at VorticWatches.com. And if you've been standing idly by since last year for the military edition watches they're coming out here in a couple weeks so go to the website sign up for the email alert so when they start rolling out i think they do one a week or whatever it is uh fairly expensive six seven thousand bucks maybe more but great case the watch itself is spectacular it's big i think it's 51 millimeters so keep an eye out for that very impressive VorticWatches.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Craig Rimpy. And we thank Wes Wright from cookoutnews.com for joining me last segment, helping me break down the latest goings on in the live fire world. Next grill could be the next grill manufacturer coming out with a full-size electric cooker. Charbroil could be adding a whole nother one. That would make two for them. I did try to get them on the show to talk about their electric cookers multiple times this year, but that didn't really pan out. I was invited to take part in that media launch March, April maybe it was. Then couldn't drag them onto the show to talk about it. Now they might have two. 
And then he said Weber has something called the Lumen. So interested to see this. Fascinated now that there are full-size electric grills coming out after they were widely available to have been out low these many years and decades. Wonder why that is. Here's a question. If you're listening in podcast, email me, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And all preconceptions and stereotypes aside, would you be open to getting a full-size electric grill? Let me know your thoughts on that, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. All right, let's make tracks out of here all the way back in the first hour. We fought with Meathead about his microphone, and we ended up talking about if you're looking, you're not cooking, and dispelling those myths, but telling you the truths that might also be associated with that. So if you missed it, go back and get that podcast tomorrow at 35 past the first hour. Robert Moss reappeared on the show. We talked about Arkansas barbecue. We also talked about how within the next couple weeks, the Southern Living Magazine's release of the Top 50 Barbecue List, which he is solely responsible for, putting his name on it. So interested to see who makes number one all the way down to number 50. Second hour, Tim McKeska came back on the show. We talked about where brisket pricing is now. We talked about why... The pricing is where it is. We talked about how logistics is playing into this now and shipping, lack of truck drivers, lack of ability to get trucks. Will, will $34 or $35 pound brisket be here to stay even a month or a year from now? Time will tell. And then we close it out with Wes Wright from cookoutnews.com talking a little bit about Next Grill, how the website's going, all that fun stuff. Second hour will be up on Thursday. Don't forget to sign up for the podcast feed to get the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less on Friday. Two things before I let you go tonight. I want to say happy birthday to my sister Kate. Happy 21st birthday again. And also, because it was two days ago, a special remembrance. When I say September 11th, 2001, I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Jennifer Polymus from Shalot, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Central.